0: welcome to the light reading podcast i'm phil harvey i'm an editor here at light reading and joining me today for a special look at our optical digital symposium coming up soon is sterling perrin from heavy reading hey sterling hey phil how are you doing today i'm good thanks for uh for agreeing to be on so let me get the uh the basics out of the way we've got the optical networking digital symposium it's a two-day show two-day event and uh, it happens on Tuesday, February sixteenth, and then again on Thursday, uh, February eighteenth. So you have a day to uh, uh, in between to catch your breath and study up and uh, just generally recover uh, <laughs> between between the uh, uh, shows. Um, so there's there's four topics that are being discussed. Um, the first one I think is is kind of uh, been very interesting because of who's because of the topic itself is interesting, but also who's interested in the topic. Um, so it's a, a coherent optics and pluggable optics, 400 CR. Um, uh, so can we talk a, talk a little bit about, um, first of all, who, who's coming uh, to speak about uh, that side of, of, of things and, and why is this uh, such a hot topic all of a sudden in the optical networking space?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Definitely. So um, Simon Stanley, my colleague, my esteemed colleague, is going to run that one for us. Uh, Mm -hmm. I'm a little bit jealous because it is a great topic. Uh, But uh, yeah, you know, you know, so why is it important? Um, 400 gig is really kind of reinvented the market for what used to be called IP over DWDM. Um, and so with that, there's new opportunities, you know, driven a lot by the, the hyperscalers originally. So uh, Microsoft is, uh, is speaking on this session as, you know, as, as may be expected. They're one of the champions of the 400ZR standard. Um, right. And uh, but also, you know, what, one of the things we'll explore in the session is, is the appeal of, of 400ZR and 400ZR plus pluggables. Beyond the hyperscalers to you know more traditional telecom and Telia Carrier is really one of the pioneers, of, if not the first, uh, of mm-hmm. these 400ZR pu- public announcements we've seen that they're going to adopt that architecture. So they're going to give us the the hows and whys of that. Um, and then, you know, I'm really excited that Andy Bechtelsheim, who's, of course, an industry legend um, in telecom yeah. and communications, is going to give a keynote. So Arista is a platinum sponsor on that one. And, uh, and they're, they're, you know, really uh, betting big on the 400 gig pluggables
0: um, opportunity. Yeah. How does that change the, the, the switching and router market? I mean, I'm sure he'll talk about that. You know, during his uh, during uh, uh, keynote, but uh, but just in in general, what how is it shaking up that market?
1: Right. So you remember historically, there's been you know huge interest in these pizza box one RU compact uh, whatever you want to call DCI built boxes mm, over the years. Yeah. If uh, yeah, at 400 gig, as these pluggables move to routers, it, it does eliminate those in those applications, uh, and so it changes. Who's uh, kind of who's you know wielding the power in that uh, type of situation? So if you take pluggable modules and they go into an Arista router in this case, or you know, or Cisco, or uh, anyone else uh, that sells mm-hmm. them, then it's removing the the pure play DWDM guys from that equation. Um, and again, the, the key is we know the hyperscalers like that architecture for DCI. The big question is how does that apply beyond? And uh, and we're really as an industry, I think figuring that out so it's going to be really right. some of the first you know putting the question so i don't know the case that that uh arista and and uh, the, you know the other companies will, will make for the um telecom you know play but um that that's a case that needs to be made and, and there'll be a lot of discussion over the next year uh, on that one it's a big one
0: yeah definitely um so the the second topic uh is high performance dwdm systems for long haul and subsea applications which yep. um again is that and now, unlike the other stuff, this is a pretty well-established market, and um, and the the norms of this market are pretty well-established. Is anything? Um, what's yep. what's the main topic of conversation happening around?
1: So, there? so that one, you know, this is an area where um, in the super high performance, and certainly on the subsea, that the hyperscalers have just really, I guess, another instance where the hyperscalers are just really um taken over the world of optics so we have facebook we're happy to have steve grubb give a a keynote um Mm -hmm. he's certainly uh, a very familiar face on this this the subsea um you know optics conference route uh circuit over the years and and they've made it a big case for you know these types of architectures it's super high performance on the optics side and uh really they've pushed an open line system um for subsea, so one of the questions there is: is to what degree do do these open line systems that work so well for subsea apply to long haul terrestrial networks? Um, and we get kind of mixed uh, views on that. But you know, it's it's a case; it's another case of hyperscalers really defining architectures that look really good for traditional telecom, and then how to, how do these guys adopt it? Um, and it's also it's also really the sort in some ways the opposite. Of what we just talked about with ZR moving to pluggables uh, and more, you know, commodity, uh, mm-hmm. the subsea and, and ultra long haul is the absolute highest of performance, the most specialized, and traditionally has lent itself to the most, you know, specialized suppliers that have to invest a great deal in in those types of systems. Um, so different, you know, totally different dynamic to
0: that market. Yeah. Yeah, that's what that that's what why I found it interesting is it's kind of a completely different speed than than everything else that we're talking about. Yeah, um, absolutely. Uh, I'll skip over one topic for uh, for the Thursday program. So uh, the, the the idea of optical networks supporting five uh, G phase two services, um, we're going to cover that in the news, but also um, we've covered the heck out of 5g and, Mm -hmm. (laughs) and all that needs to go into it. So we'll be interested to see what's discussed there. But, uh, but, but for the sake of, uh, staying on time here, Mm -hmm. um, let's quickly cover, uh, open and disaggregated packet optical networks, because that Mm -hmm. seems to be causing industry disruption. And that'll be the second topic that's covered on the Thursday program. Um, what's the, the, the broader context of these, uh, Open and disaggregated networks, and and what type of companies are we going to be hearing from in that area?
1: Yeah, good good point. So it, that's a super hot topic. Um, so five G, I agree. It's you know we we've been talking about it over the past year. It continues. It evolves. Uh, I really feel that this year is is just a really pivotal year for disaggregation and open systems uh, for for packet optical, and you know we're seeing that in the interest in this session. So we have Telefonica, um, and they've given um, you know they. In there, they're they're very active in TIP uh, in the Open Optical Packet Transport Group. Within there, we're doing a lot of work with them. They're continuing to champion these concepts that that are starting to, I think, broaden in appeal um, pretty pretty significantly. I think the industry is realizing that. You know, if you look back, I guess 2017 with that Voyager platform from Facebook and a lot of skepticism, and that really didn't didn't go anywhere but there's been several years of innovation a lot of input from network operators and uh, i think the industry is really starting to understand here is uh the open and optical disaggregated model that that will apply to the to the telecom market and i think you know you're just seeing a lot of momentum colt is the other operator on that one another you know historically very innovative operator obviously pan-european uh yeah yeah And,
0: and and both both operators have been known to kind of push the uh push the rest of the industry in terms of, uh, you know, getting them to uh, start thinking about adopting newer technologies in the optical domain. Um, okay. Well, we're uh, definitely looking forward to the show. Uh, so again, uh, this happens on uh, Tuesday, February 16th, Thursday, February 18th. Uh, Sterling Parent, thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thanks, Phil. Looking forward to it.